Sean is uh, a 30 second, 30 second delay. Second delay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking it's weird. Like, it's like he doesn't get the joke. He doesn't get the joke. And then all of a sudden he's going to get the joke in just a second. <laughs> I hate all of you so much. It's <laughs> Dude, it looks so weird, dude. It looks like he's talking, but he's not talking. It's the uh, weirdest guys, fucking freaking thing. Freaking ventriloquist right now. Come on, Pinocchio. No, I will not fight you. Oh, Hogan. <laughs> oh, he's ca- he's catching up. You see how fast he went? <laughs> hey, what was that? Uh, what was that one guy's uh, fucking moving Street Fighter? Like Ryu oh, Vega? No, 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 no. Vega. It was the it was the fucking uh, the the GI Joe guy. What's his name? Bishop. It was Bishop. It's like uh, Sonic Boom. The guy, the Street Fighter name is Ghoulie. Ghoulie. That's no, was he Guide? Was it Guide? I feel like it he was a guide. guide. It's it's G it's G U I L E. Wild. <laughs> it's Guile. He's French. Come on now. I still, I still like give you like props for rocking Hotmail, dude. That's pretty fucking cool. You know, what? I never thought it was actually something to be embarrassed by until you guys started making fun of me. And now every time somebody's like, "What's your email?" I'm like, <laughs> "Get a fucking Damn. Gmail like everyone else, bro." I do get have a Gmail, Gmail, but you know what? I no, like. Be different. Like get my... a Ymail. Brandon, how do you get that? Is that what something is new? He's like, yeah, you just need to get on <laughs> AOL. That's what resurg- you need to do. Sometimes the fucking resurgence of Hotmail. I'm gonna be actually get on Net Zero because that was actually a good fucking. That's like AOL. Remember we actually, we, we honestly know. should know. Welcome back to another episode of season three of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast, where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies for our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. Freedom! Eddie? Hell, this is not this freedom. That's his brain part. Oh, sorry, about, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Eddie? I will see you again, but not yet. And not Brandon. yet. Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Strength and honor? This season, we've decided that each host will pick a film from each decade, from the 70s to today, that exemplifies each time period. Some of the films will be underrated, some classics, while others will be overrated piles of cinematic crap. To finish off each decade, the hosts will have a group pick that wraps up the decade in style. As as with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get to the film we've just watched? At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five. Zero being the perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober. And five being the sort of film that makes you want to suffocate your father to gain power in the empire. I, I see what you did there. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if you're into in shit, things like that. <laughs> In addition to our review, we always pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. This season, we want to focus a little bit more on the cocktail selection, so please feel free to shake, stir, or mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review. With that, what movie do we have this evening, Brandon? Tonight, we have another entry in our 2000 film Decade Saga, and that's going to be 2000 Sward. Sword, <laughs> oh, sword and sandals, epic gladiator. Sword, which by the way is my pick. Set in Roman times, an aging Marcus Aurelius, played by the incomparable Richard Harris, is on the brink of death, and his power passing to his son Commodus, played by Joaquin Phoenix, a baby Joaquin Instead, Phoenix, dead baby Joaquin. Instead, he pledges to make his best general Maximus, played by Russell freaking Crow leader of Rome until the Senate is ready to take on that that weighty task. Upon learning this, Com- Commodus 
I was going to say Commodius, but it's actually Commodus. Commodus betrays and murders his father and sends Maximus to death. When Maximus escapes, he is forced to become a common gladiator. When Commodus realizes that Maximus is alive, he sets about a plot to kill the most popular gladiator. This is Ridley Scott directed masterpiece is rated an 8.5 on IMDb and has a critic score of 77% as well as an audience score of 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. The all-star cast is rounded out by Derek Jacoby, Jaiman Hansu, Connie Nielsen, and Oliver Reed. God, Oliver Reed was the shit in this movie, dude. Fucking blessing. We will be talking about Oliver Reed. Trust me. <laughs> Jeremiah? Before we get into our cocktail selection, we need to just talk about whose film this is and additionally what our initial impressions of this movie were before sitting down to watch it. Since this is Brandon's film, and believe me, this is Brandon's film. Yes, Roma Victor. Here he is. He's going to get us started. SPQR. So, <laughs> so uh, I've got an interesting, fun story about this. Um, years and years and years ago, I'm going to say it's probably the year of 2000 because that's when this thing came out. In the year um, 2000. My, uh, my parents and I, we were over at this, this uh, ancient store called Blockbuster. And um, <laughs> we were roaming the aisles and, and it was like a Friday night or a Saturday night or something. And we found these two movies that had just come out on DVD, and we were like, yeah, let's watch these. We've heard good things about them. And so we rented them. But the problem was we rented them, and it was literally like 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. And we're like, we only got them for one night, so let's just, <laughs> let's just watch both of them. <laughs> and it was literally like a roll of the dice which one we were going to watch first. And the first one that won was The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Oh, so we watched that's that a long movie. That's we watched awesome. that one. Literally, and I remember loving that movie, and I still do like that movie a lot. So it was probably like, I don't know, 11, 30, 1 o'clock when we um, decided, hey, let's put Gladiator in since it's got to go back in the morning. And uh, my parents weren't about to spend the extra dollar seventy. Like I said, you come by it now, cheap bastard. <laughs> so put it this way. I struggled literally to keep my eyes awake for the entire two and a half hours of Gladiator. And when it finished at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, I remember looking at my my half asleep parents and saying that is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I hate it so much. And it took me literally watching the Oscars because I love watching the Oscars and watching it win best picture and being pissed enough to say that's it never watching the Oscars again, which by the way I say pretty much every year. Anyway, I ended up just getting it. Trash. <laughs> I got the movie free when I sent in a bunch of uh, like the box tops, you know, like oh the. Oh my the, god, Brandon, you're so cheap. You're uh, such a cheap. I got the movie free. It was keep like, going, Brandon. Like, keep going. No, this is a true story. Brandon, it's like a general, you, like General Mills. You get the the cereal box tops and you send uh. it in. They send you a movie and they sent me Gladiator. And I was so pissed because I hated this movie so much. But I was like, you know, I'm going to just try it one more time. And I watched it and I realized I was the biggest idiot in the world because it is literally, I think, and I do mean literally, one of the most engaging films out there. And I am like diehard fan uh, since about 2001 when I got a free copy from General Mills. So thank you, serial people. <laughs> so, so you were entertained, huh? I you was, was so damn. No, I was, I was unentertained uh, because I was still like wrapped up in Revolutionary War Mel Gibson. Mm. Um, and I mean, jumping over to Rome in you know a half hour's time was a little bit much. So <laughs> anyway, Eddie, what, what you got? Dust and shadows. You know, just we're all that's all we are. Just dust and shadows. Dust in the wind. <laughs> I like Kansas. I like Kansas too. Actually, good band. Uh, uh, so I remember this movie watching in the movie theater, um, mm -hmm. and I remember watching it with Jeremiah, and mm -hmm. I think I wa remember watching it with our, our dad as well. Oh yeah, and it it was the movie where I think we were we weren't ready what to expect in the movie theater. It was a 
definitely a movie that I think it left all of us really happy. Um, and I mean, I was, I think I was 14 at the time. Uh, so it was a movie where I was all about Rome. Like I was all about history of Rome, Julius Caesar, Mark Anthony. I loved, I, I studied Rome for a long time and I was about this movie. I thought this movie was, uh, the, the bee's knees. I thought it was better than Braveheart. Um, I just thought, uh, uh, but you know, I looked at Braveheart now, and I was like, "Nah, I like Braveheart." That's a pretty, that's a pretty weighty thing to say. I don't know. That's, that's at like the time. This is yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, it's a movie that it definitely holds its own. It's like you never see it. Every movie, one of these movies, they hold their own in t- that time of era. And this one, yeah. Gladiator, holds its own in Rome. It's it's a hard movie to make. Yeah, Jeremiah. I'll piggyback on Eddie right there. Um, I remember seeing this movie with Eddie, and I remember it was actually like one of those very first movies in the theaters. So it was like before summer blockbuster like it was like released in the beginning of may or something like that so i was just like whoa and i remember this is one of my very first dvds that i ever bought and i remember this was a big deal because it was a double disc dvd mm-hmm. which you didn't really see that much when the first dvds came out so i was like oh shit and then on top of that it was like this uh like this 6.1 dts sound mix you know or like oh shit it's gonna be huge and whatnot and at that time like eddie was talking about our our, our father he bought this new home home entertainment system right and that dvd was playing constantly so yes. it brings like With this bass. nostalgic feeling to it watching this movie again it, this was a fun fun viewing of this film and yeah i can't wait to talk about this yeah sean you've seen this film I- what a strong uh, one time. A one strong time. one time. Recently, I too. Never, yeah, yeah, today, actually. <laughs> so um, I there's a couple movies that I like. As as a movie lover, I'm delinquent in watching. Saving Private Ryan is definitely one of them. We'll be doing that. And then this one was kind of the other one that... I mean, I, I, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen, but these are these are the two like mainstream movies that I feel like I missed the boat on. And I don't know where I was. I have no idea like why I didn't go watch this. But they're also not my favorite movies. So the, the high gore, high blood, and and like you know guts are not something that I enjoy as a movie. Um, and I always have had that in the back of my mind. <clears throat> I've associated that with this movie is kind of heavy. Uh, heavy, heavy violence, heavy blood, heavy everything. And that's just not really my style. So when I did sit down to watch it, um, you know, the, the beginning battle did not help. But I was very, I was very kind of apprehensive to watch this movie. So well, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, tame. Minus, yeah, uh, minus the chicken cut literally in half. Yeah, like you see yeah. worse things on Game of Thrones <laughs> than you've seen in yeah, this I didn't movie. Like it yeah, in, I didn't like it in, Seriously. I didn't like it in Game of Thrones. <laughs> So anyway, so we can uh, we can get we'll into have it. Some discussion. You, or Eddie, why don't you take us through the cocktail? Yeah, definitely. As we mentioned earlier, with each movie, we try to pair the tone, feel, and the overall impact of the story of the cocktail. Uh, this season, we really want to discuss the cocktail and more, and how it links up to a movie selection. Uh, so, guys, let's talk about the cocktail this episode. Everyone who listens <laughs> knows when we finally watch a Bond movie. We'll pair a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred with a lemon pill. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I Supposed, don't think it supposedly will. in three episodes. No, in two but episodes, actually. But tonight's, uh, tonight's We'll cocktail, find a way to stretch it out. Right? Seriously, something will happen. It'll get canceled. But tonight's <laughs> cocktail was chosen by Brandon. So he'll be taking us through the cocktail. Brandon? Yeah. So tonight's drink was inspired by the swords and sandals epic. And like the film, it can be hard to get through, but finishes quite nicely. Sean, that is such a... Th- 
Wait, 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 wait. wait. So is, is, is this drink called Sores and Sandal? Is that what the drink is called? Like, you know what? I'll just drink. Go ahead. Okay. This drink doesn't taste Wait, wait. Good, is it called the Swords and Sandal? Sucks even worse. Is it called the Swords no, and Sandal? The Gladiator. The Gladiator. Where does it say that? Uh, it doesn't say that it in the script. We're just gonna go with page. it. <laughs> so Once anyway, again, if, if you motherfuckers want to write the script, you listen, are welcome to take listen, my job. Listeners out there, let me go through this again as Sean would have it. So this is a drink that, like the movie, sucks at the beginning, and the aftertaste sucks even more. With that said, if you want to taste this delicious drink, in my opinion, you're going to have some amaretto, some bourbon, some orange juice, and a splash of Sprite. For a complete recipe, visit our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com or on Instagram at the.gentlemanpodcast. I get to say it at the.gentlemanpodcast because the dot means a lot. Oh, I got to say it. You know, nice. on paper, this drink looks really good. It does. Yeah. Let's see what it tastes like. Yep. I mean, you can't go wrong with amaretto. Jesus, Sean, could you take a bigger drink? God, I like it. It's good. Oh, shut up, Sean. It goes down bitter at the beginning, but you know what? The orange juice is healthy. It feels good. Swords and sandals. You can't go wrong with amaretto. Hey, question, guys. What happened to DreamWorks Pictures? I mean, remember when, like, in the early, like, 2000s, like, DreamWorks was just, like, in every fucking film? And all of a sudden, like, it's not there anymore? DreamWorks is still doing pretty decent. still around? I think DreamWorks became something else. I think they sold it. I think they sold it to something else, as I remember. Maybe I'm wrong. Dude, I remember every movie, like, seriously coming out in the summer blockbuster was, like, something oh, like DreamWorks. Oh, DreamWorks fully go to Universal? I bet that's I what it is. I think it might have. Yeah. So that's actually a really good place to start. I want to I want to say something that is uh, controversial, and I want to start here. In my opinion, and uh, one thing that I know that all of us share is a love of music, especially music and movies. And obviously for Sean, definitely John Williams and um, and Jerry, you, you appreciate John Williams like crazy too. Absolutely. I do too. But I okay, Jeez. fine, okay, fine. So, <laughs> Bro. I was going to put you on my team, but okay, fine, whatever. I I have a soft spot in my heart for Hans Zimmer, and I think that this movie and this score is Hans Zimmer's masterpiece. I know that people go to 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 Pirates of the Caribbean as his go to, but to me, it's well, it's Gladiator, one hundred percent. In the middle of this movie, I think that you can argue that Pirates and Gladiator are the same score. <laughs> Sean, don't you don't don't you feel like your your connection's losing out a little bit? And you're just gonna go away. No, I agree with you one hundred percent on that, Brandon. Because I this is the first. This is one of the very first movies that really introduced me to Hans Zimmer. Like when mm-hmm. I first heard the score, I kept playing this DVD just to hear the mm-hmm. score, and it's so yeah, fucking big, dude. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though we hated the movie collectively as a family before I, I watched it again for free, and then told everybody, "No, we should really watch this again." Uh, my, I, I remember my mom got the soundtrack, the CD of this, and we would listen to it in the house because we were just, you know, we played piano and we enjoyed listening to music and. It was just kind of on in the background, I would say, for weeks at a time. Um, and to me, there there's scenes where you hear the music and it swells, and it's not really the normal Hans Zimmer, um, you know, that he's kind of become. That it was a it was a quieter, I would say, a little bit more artistic yeah. Hans Zimmer, especially when the DreamWorks like uh, title came up and it's all gold, mm-hmm. and you yeah. hear this like little music in the background. Then it goes Badass. into the, the the main first main battle. You know, You're, it just sets the whole movie up. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, you know. And again, it's just it, it's like a nostalgic feeling. I love this. This yeah. is probably one of Hans Zimmer's underrated piece right here. It really is. Yeah, 
Sean? I feel like you want to say something. Let me just say, well, I do, because you kind of disparaged me. No, no, no. I said you love John Williams. Yeah, that's good. Everybody loves him. I love John Williams. I love Howard Shore. I love a big score. That's one of my my favorite parts about a movie. But Hans Zimmer, uh, there's a couple of them. Hans Zimmer, and then, who's the guy who did Sunshine? Is that Hans Zimmer? John Murphy. That's John Murphy, yeah. John Murphy. Murphy. I like John Murphy a lot. There's a couple of really good, almost like electronic scores, like total scores. Clint Mansell. I good think job. Zimmer might good job. The Batman yeah, yeah. trilogy. Yeah, he did. Um, well, he and Howard really... Shore. He and Howard Shore went together on that one. Wasn't it Howard Shore? I thought it was James. Was it Horner? It was James Howard Horner. Shore. No, James, James Horner's dead. He died like a couple years ago, Sean. I thought he died. Uh, you guys keep talking. Anyway, I'm gonna. I'm gonna use this. Interweb. Eddie, what did you think about the beginning? The the beginning was honestly it. I think the was it. I guess the costumes, the the outfits. It made you felt like you jumped in to. Like instantly to a time of 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 a, of a war that's going on with uh, Rome against uh, the barbarians. I, mean, I read about these battles, so it's cool to see that uh, and how like you know the, Rome was so powerful. Um, and you already got the idea of that the the emperor of Rome was not doing well. So I like I like the, the different layers of. You just got this feeling, though, that they loved General Russell Crowe just instantly. His men, they fought for him, and he knew his men. It was badass. Um, Since I'm right on time, real quick, it was James Newton Howard. Ah. And that, that, Sean, I think is who you're thinking of, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Marcus Aurelius, uh, as the character, so first of all, Richard Harris is fantastic. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. Did you just feel like you were watching Dumbledore just again? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Love what him. I loved about it, his respect for, like, his realization that that Marcus or that uh, Maximus was the one. No, it was the one they were cheering for. Mm-hmm. It wasn't him. It wasn't his victory. It was Maximus's victory. And mm-hmm. you got such the stark difference between him and like Joaquin Phoenix later is Joaquin Phoenix wanted a personal victory, and Marcus Aurelius was doing what was better for Rome. And instantly, you got this like, I love Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, well, we get that sense of right? he's got the two lines, I think, that, that really kind of stand out. And it really sets the tone for our understanding of Commodus as a character, of Joaquin Phoenix's character. Right? One is, is when he looks at, at Maximus and he says, you're the son that I, I never had or I wish that I'd always had. And then he also says, you know, Commodus cannot be emperor. He just straight up tells us that, you know, five minutes later, he's suffocating Papa. Well, and um, he has but we get that sense, too. right? Yeah, he's got that line when he's with with um, Commodus when he says, "Your failures as a son are my failures as a father." Like yeah. that to me. That's set not. Up... Sorry, do I keep going? No, no, no. I think it set up this. It was a great line because oh, it, yeah. you got this. Like he was taking responsibility for how shitty his son turned out. <laughs> not a good time to tell your son that. But right when well, he's, it comes, <laughs> it comes full circles to Russell Crowe, dude. The moment he gets on screen, he is badass. When you watch this movie, you're just like, dude, Russell Crowe was a movie star, dude. You know? Yeah, he really was, yeah. And when I, yeah, when you, you, we're talking about that, that first shot where he's walking through and everybody's like bowing and nodding their heads and, you know, basically it's general and general, general. And then, you know, he, he dips down when he becomes the gladiator and becomes this nothing. But really quickly, he jumps back up. And so one of my favorite parts is when it's his turn to go into to fight, um, fight the, the you know the gladiator battle and it's the exact same shot exact same um angles basically of him walking through the line and everybody instead of saying general i think they just say maximus at that point but you get the sense that he commands the people around him 
um, not only just with power, but this idea of, of respect and, and goodness. I, I don't even know what you really call it. He's a leader. Yeah, exactly. He's a leader. He's a general and people respect him because he's willing to go out there first and stick his net out before anyone else. Like he'll fight with his people. Um, it, it was crazy to see, I think, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, he played a great role with like, you, you almost instantly hated him. Yeah. And he had this relationship with his sister that was oh, awkward. And I feel like the sister was just playing into it because the king or emperor was still alive. Um, no, I, don't, I, w- it, I wouldn't it, say the sister was playing into it. I think she was terrified of it. Yeah. No, but in the very beginning, like when they were like, took like a two week, like, oops, we got lost at the yeah. war over. Like yeah. she was just in there with him. Like, and she didn't, yeah, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't seem as worried for mm-hmm. her life until the until her dad died and i was just like i mean it was it was one of those things was, maybe that's how it was back in that time but you it's also the, a lot i loved how he killed his dad like that was a real uh issue back in that time with mm-hmm. rome like it was made it believable because there was a lot of killings like that emperors mm-hmm. young emperors died old emperors died randomly because of their sons just wanted the throne and power well you know so it was cool it was it made it believable with like rome there's a couple of things about this why it works is that russell crowe is not really a general he's more of a farmer and whatnot you know and you can tell that because every time in each battle he's rubbing the dirt on his hand and it's not for him to get ready for battle or anything like that smelling the dirt before each fight connects maximus to his home and to his family. Well, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think reiter- it's, go ahead. It's reiterated by two, by two things, Jeremy. I think you're absolutely right. Number one is when Marcus Aurelius asks him what he would, you know, he's going to basically give him anything he wants. The first thing he says is I want to go home. Yeah. Like the first thing. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, I have to make a comment about this because it's my, one of my favorite movies of all time. But um, it's another Ridley Scott White Russell Crowe movie. Ah, uh, no, Goodyear. Ca- called a Goodyear, and in that movie, he he reaches down. Russell Crowe reaches down to the vineyard and he takes the dirt in his hand and he smells it, and it, it's chicken shit. And he he coughs and like it's disgusting. It, it just I I never knew where that came from, and now I know where it came from. You know, what? just a, <laughs> just on a side note, uh, when this movie was presented to Russell Crowe, I guess the script was really bad or something like that, and someone asked him, "Why did you take it?" He goes. Because it's a $100 million film. It's going to be directed by Ridley Scott, and I'm going to play a Roman general. Like, why would I not fucking take it? You know, seriously. It's like a dumb fucking answer, dude. It's so fucking good. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit, Sean, what you were saying, because that's what I have. One of the things I have in my notes is that I'm, I'm a huge Ridley Scott fan, even though I don't like all of his movies, which I know sounds kind of weird. But I respect the hell out of what he does. And I, what I like about him is he's so... My nose is that he's he's basically like a Jerry Bruckheimer and a Michael Bay director, but he does it on an artsy art house level, right? Um, the way that he uses kind of things floating through the air, whether it be pieces of grain or snow or or ash or whatever it is, it's just beautiful. But he's able to do a movie like this or Black Hawk Down or even uh, The Martian, but then he turns around and does two movies like Matchstick Men and uh, A Good Year, which to me are so diverse in in his just ability to capture people i think it's fair to say this that bruckheimer's operating at an eighth grade level and (laughs) ridley scott's operating at a master's level like a doctoral (laughs) level and they're they're making the same movies but one of them's like a fucking phd and the other one's like a fingerprint (laughs) i like that i like that probably always try to get Really, Scott, but they're like, all right, we'll just, I guess, you know, focus with Tony Scott, his brother. <laughs> <Michael Bay. laughs> 
Oh, Tony um, Scott. Rest I remember. Don't get me it was. Wrong. I love Michael Bay. I no, 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 no. I'm talking about Tony Scott, his brother, he, who Tony passed Scott. away. Oh, and he would do other movies. Yeah. I remember it was a big deal with uh, Ridley Scott doing the whole Coliseum. Like I remember that was a big, big it was a big thing. Like I remember they the, did like a sixty minutes TV mm-hmm. special on it, just like the, right. on the CGI. And even yeah. the whole like looking at Rome, because everyone always wonders how did Rome look like back in the day. And this is what people always it's you know thought Rome would look like, and thought the Colosseum, how big this thing is. People said, you know, this is how could man build this? Like it was beautiful to see the Colosseum in like that movie. I don't think it'll ever be done like that again. Yeah. So I've been to the Coliseum, and when you when you walk and you look at the Coliseum, like you, pictures do not do it justice. It is the most majestic, like building. It's in, it's ruined, right? So it's like destroyed. And the thing is, is that it had a lot of stuff in it, and they broke down the Coliseum to build other things to take power away from Caesar. It was like a, it was symbolic. So to see it in its full glory and watching what the gladiators were doing. You're right, Ed. No movie's going to do it like this. And there's been other sward and sandal movies, like <laughs> I mean, like Troy. And there's, I mean, there's some other movies that are have tried to do this era. Nothing has been like this. This is gritty, realistic. It's almost mm-hmm. like, uh, like I think it's in the in those those caliber of movies like Braveheart or like yeah. Patriot, which I think the Patriots on the bubble. Yeah. I love Patriot, but yeah. I think it's on the bubble. Um, Lost the Mohicans, like really, yeah. really good, gritty. But movies. I think you're right. I think you're right, Sean, because like this movie did pave the way for this whole next decade of like epic films. If this movie wasn't successful, because before Gladiator, there wasn't that many like you know Roman gladiator movies and things like that, you know. So that's not, and that's not necessarily true. You have the whole 1950s, 60s. Sean, had, Sean, uh, when I, I know, I know that the 50s and 60s. I'm talking about 30 years from that absence before, after Spartacus and Big Her and everything like that. I mean, it that's what died I'm saying. Down. Is you had a foundation before that people, you know, Ten Commandments. Yeah. You had, a, you had a bunch of really good older movies. You had the sword, but then they kind of they did they died away. Um, what I, I mean, think is interesting. Braveheart though, was 95. Saving Private Ryan was 98. So like yeah. these movies are far and few in between, but like it, it's but it, it's something that you knew when it came across the table. You're like, okay, this movie is gonna be with those top movies. What, what, what and I, I feel th- like they come in waves. Like I think yeah, yeah waves is a good one. Yeah. You, you kind of have like all of a sudden you have this birth of superhero movies. Well, in the 1990s, you had this birth of kind of these big epic movies because mm-hmm. technology caught up. You could do a little CGI, you mm-hmm. could do a little practical and make a $100 million movie without breaking a sweat. But wow. here's what, what's what I think is so, I don't know, so good about this film is that, yeah, it has the crazy good CGI, but it's used to just tell part of the story, right? It, it's not like focused. I mean, we, we did um, a couple episodes ago and as much as I do love that story and I love that movie, Wait, what the was story it again? itself of oh, the matrix. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as I love the story, it really, the movie's made. <laughs> no, I you, you no, I was going to say, did I, did I take it, the red pill or did I take no, the it? No, it literally, some reason there was like a glitch in the matrix. And when you said the matrix, <laughs> it didn't happen. I'm like, wait, did this happen? Can you say that one more time? <laughs> You'll hear it on the episode. Like you'll Here's literally hear it. I can't I wait. Just thought you were being fucking. I thought you were being fucking clever. No, 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 no. <laughs> I heard. I heard Brian say Matrix. No, no. Like I you'll li- listen. You guys will listen to the episode. and You'll be like, "Oh fuck, I see what he was talking about." Oh man. But what I'm saying is that movie was carried by the CGI, 
and carried by the computer effects. And, and the story was secondhand to it. The characters were secondhand to it. Where this one, it's like, here's, here's the movie. Here's the story. Here's these characters. And, oh, yeah, just going along with it is the CGI. That is probably something that could have stood on its own. Um, you know, and it kind of reminds me Matrix Effect and uh, the Independence Day, where you have these big spectacle movies, the Michael Bay's, right? And it says, you know, we're gonna we're gonna let the story and the characters take a backseat to what we can do. Um, and really, Scott did more than I think a lot of other directors would have done at the time. But he doesn't he doesn't put that in our face. You know, he says, let's let's look at these characters. It was done tastefully. I mean, when yeah, you think exactly, about it, yeah. And when you sw- I also think, go ahead. Sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, go ahead. no, when you watch it and when you see that bird view of the Coliseum, yeah. you know, I mean, the visuals still hold up. I mean, you're just like, yeah. okay, I know this movie is like 21 years old, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but God. it's like, yo, it still looks good as if it was made today, mm-hmm. except for the wigs. And, and, uh, and, <laughs> and I, I will say that the, I think the reason that the CGI blends in is because you're anchored with literally phenomenal performances and it's yeah. not just one phenomenal performance i think russell crowe i'm going to say something controversial i i think that russell crowe i don't know who he was going up against but in this movie his performance wasn't the best i thought uh the best in the movie it was yeah. great but i thought joaquin phoenix joaquin was phoenix. fucking phenomenal yeah. i thought richard harris was absolutely hit out of the park i think the other guy oliver reed oliver reed he he made me want to go watch other movies that he's been in, and I did, and they're terrible. Oh, yeah. This was like sure. his moment. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that so, guy, uh, that guy what's the, what's lived and died. Guy, uh, oh, uh, Jaime and Hansu. Oh, he's so God. good. I love him. What were you going to say, though, Jared? That guy, say? Oliver Reed, I mean, he lived a hardcore life, man. Like, he did over 100 films. He was a drinker. I mean, he died during the movie. If you guys didn't know that, he died yeah. during the movie. Didn't yeah. know that. Like, seriously, he died in a pub in a drinking contest he was drinking like uh, he was doing like this crazy drinking contest a bunch of pipes and whatnot and seriously after like six or seven rounds allegedly he just fell down to his face and died of a heart attack this guy got stabbed in the throat doing three musketeers and almost died in a movie like that this guy supposedly had a tattoo on his dick this guy was a hardcore fucking guy dude good lord it's the oliver reed fan club over there what's really no what's really funny is he 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 was brought into Reed for Prox- Proxima or Proximo? Proximo. Proximo. And he was like, I'm not fucking, I'm a movie star. I'm not Reed yeah. for a role. And one of his friends like, fuck you, bro. You're not a movie star. Go read. And if he asks you to read again, you read again. That's what you do. <laughs> he was the first choice <laughs> to play he's in Jaws. He was, the first po- he was the first choice to play in Jaws, actually. Uh, Robert Shaw's oh, character. Sh- 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah. fuck yeah. that. I'm not going to go to LA. And he fucking <laughs> said, fuck that. Yeah. Right, so I, I need to, I need to have just a quick moment to talk about Oliver Reed in this film. So uh, I, I love movies. We all love movies, and I think that maybe uh, if we really kind of sit down and, and I ask you guys, hey, what is your favorite scene in any movie? Think about that, and you can share it in just a second. But for me, um, my favorite scene, my favorite scene in any movie that's ever been made, is the scene where Proximo is telling Maximus about going to Rome and the beauty of Rome and the way that he presents it. And, and I, I look at it from a writing level. I look at it from a directing level. I look at it from an acting level and the music to me, that's the best, the best moment of music is the way that that builds and swells at the end of that scene. And then he stretches his arms out and it's this, it's this beautiful release of just excitement that I don't think I've ever seen. And I've never experienced in another movie 
ever. And and that to me is hands down my favorite film scene ever made. There's a lot of good scenes in this film that makes me. That's uh, dope. I still think about you know that's a great scene by the way, Brandon. But there's just so many th- scenes that I you know it just stays with you for a long time. Uh, like the um, like the second time he faces like you know in the gladiating uh, battle you know and he's facing like uh, uh, he finally meets uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix's character and he could have done Third all battle. these crazy shits and everything like that you know but you know what he said he just did it in such a gentleman way that he walks away after you know after you try to like dig about his his wife oh. and his and his kid and whatnot yeah. dude that scene's so yeah. fucking hardcore man it is. Yeah, and she, I mean, yeah, she, she has, she, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I was gonna say he has so much confidence in the fact that he's gonna have another chance to face him down that when he he turns away, you, I don't know, for some reason I didn't get upset for him, you know, like being the good guy in that moment for not killing, you know, uh, Commodus in front of in front of his nephew, um, where I think if in dealt and handled differently in other movies, I think you would get the sense of just upset of like, why are you doing that, you know. But for whatever reason, the way that they pace the film, the way that it's just written and put together, I, I believe that that's the response he would have given. I, I, my, I'm talking about favorite scenes, and I'm just going to say mine. It was pretty much the first time that the Traumadors finds out that Russell Crowe is still alive, Matt Smith. So he, yeah. he, you know, he's like trying to congratulate him, uh, and you know, and you know, and then you, you did, like the music though, it it, it holds everything because mm-hmm. you. As soon as he takes off that helmet, you have the um, you know, I'm, a, I'm a general to the Roman army and blah blah blah, and good keeps on a mur- uh, husband, uh, to, husband her to wife. wife. Oh uh, god, yeah. It, it's just like oh my god, that gave me chills. Like just like yeah. that, and you just like all of a sudden you saw mm-hmm. the panic and fear in Joaquin Phoenix's eyes, and yeah. it was like it was it was it was a, a room full of a coliseum of people, but you can instantly it, it, they all went away. It was just two people talking, and you instantly you saw Traumatis feel like oh shit, I'm fucked. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what? That line I heard was actually like written on that day for that particular scene because most of this movie was written in production. It was really fucking a mess of just all different writers and whatnot. And just somehow everything just lined up. And it doesn't work out like that way with, with movies like that, you know? And that scene, I believe, I, I just believe actors, that Crow, yeah. and I think Crow said it like this, like, the, you know, these words are shit. I'll make it fucking great. I'll fucking do it. And he did it. Well, Richard Richard Harris, so they kept rewriting Richard Harris's lines, and he would go, "Oh, thank you, thank you," and he'd take the lines, and he wouldn't, he just would, he would say the original lines because he didn't want to relearn the lines. He was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna re." I'm just gonna He's like, "I've done 200 <laughs> films, I don't need to fucking do this, dude." So, but you're talking about, yeah, like, you're talking about moments, and so there, there are very few moments in cinematic history where you can look and see a certain scene that, that like, you can say a whole movie is 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 wrapped up in one scene and what i think is really funny is the scene that you picked uh which I, is a great scene one of my favorites i would argue there's probably one of the like if you were if you, to list the top great scenes in movie history it's on the top but he puts his arms out right mm-hmm. and it's the same thing that russell crowe does are you not entertained like when he puts his arms yeah. out it's the same kind of posture and you can see that these two characters are so connected Ooh, but catch. i will say and yeah. another uh, uh another great scene that i think this was built off of and i will say i think they stole it slightly Mm -hmm. is from lawrence of arabia Mm. and there's a scene from lawrence of arabia when he when peter o'toole another classically great actor 
he gets a costume in the movie and it's all white and it's this beautiful white robe in the middle of the desert and it's got a, a headpiece and all this. And then later in the movie, and he's, I'm sorry, he's looking at himself in this knife, this flashy knife and he puts his arms out and he spreads his arms and, and he's pretending to be this great sheik. And later in the movie, he's covered in blood. He's covered in, in fight and, and been fighting for these people. And he sees himself again in the same knife with the same arms spread out. And you're like, it's people realizing who they are yeah. and that people are, are finally seeing who they see themselves inside. And I think that's it's that's such a beautiful great. scene. And I'm, you got to watch that movie. You've yeah. never seen it. Lawrence Arabia. Yeah. One of the greatest movies ever made. Definitely. Would you say that Joaquin Phoenix is probably probably hands down the most underrated like you know, in this movie, um, because when you think about Russell Crowe, yeah. you think about Russell Crowe, right? Yeah, and you think about Richard Harris, but you think that this was before well, he became one point, of the best actors of our generation. I was going to say, you know? I don't think Joaquin had really done anything as an adult, right? He'd done a couple things as kids, and and I think this was one of his, basically his breakout role, and the fact that he was able to take a breakout role and call it Gladiator, uh, I think is just amazing. I read something like he was really nervous during the scene, you know, with Russell Crowe. And he kept asking him, like, hey, man, can you just rough me up before we actually do the scene? You know? And, like, Russell's, like, you know, I guess he went up to, like, Richard Harris, and he was, like, yeah. like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? This guy's asking me to beat the shit out of him. And then Richard's, like, why don't we just get him pissed and get him fucked up? <laughs> get him some drinks. And I guess, like, the rest of the rest of the movie and the production, he was good after that. <laughs> well, uh, Richard oh, Harris God. was a – he was a huge – like, a huge alky, huge drinker. They had that whole group of, of people that were just like you were saying Oliver Reed was a hard liver. So was fucking Richard <laughs> Harris. Richard <laughs> Harris, uh, fucking John, well, there were three of them that were just, they were, oh, Peter O'Toole. Peter there O'Toole. was one more, and they were huge drinking buddies, and they would just go out and just get hammered drunk. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, one, I know we're jumping around, but Eddie, you mentioned Jaiman Hansu, and I think that Jaiman Hansu is, is a great actor. I mean, he can't, he's not the most diversified actor in the sense that well, he, is this he the can't fr- play. This is the first time I might yeah, this might first, have been the first, first time. I remember him in, uh, what's that movie, Amistad? Amistad? He was, uh, he was, no, that's right. He was in Amistad, and he was, uh, that was his first one. And then yeah. he came in this one. But the ending, right? The ending, I've always loved the ending. And I've read that actually it was supposed to be Oliver Reed who was supposed to bury the um, <laughs> the little figurines. And then Oliver Reed decided that he was going to just die in the middle of production. So they were like, ah, oh, shit. So they had to rewrite this friendship between Juba, uh, John Constance's character, and, and Maximus and, and create this, which is weird because when I'm watching it without knowing that, and because I read it afterwards, that's one of my favorite parts about the movie is this friendship that develops mm-hmm. between these two guys. And really, you know, they only developed this friendship because they were yoked together at the first battle together. They, they realized it, they, each yeah. other, they had to lean on each other. And it helps Maximus too, probably, was it, uh, like his family died. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had to like almost somebody to talk to about it. And this guy kind of helped him through the difficult time. And yeah. I, it was it, it was cool to see a good oh, friendship that, built. There. That ending, right when he says, "I'll see you again, but not not yet." Oh man! Well, one, of just... the, one of the things that yeah, I, one of the things that this movie did, I think, brilliantly that other movies don't do is it took it took a political coup that a big story. So I always I always look at like uh, Star Wars, a perfect example. When they do a small story in Star Wars, it's so much better than when they try to do a big story in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, same concept here. 
they took this big story, the fall of Caesar. That's what this movie's about. It's about Caesar giving up power to the Senate. That's, mm. that's it, at the at the end of the day, that's what this movie's about. Yep. But they took that grand, huge idea, and then they shrunk it down and said, "No, this is a story about Russell Crowe getting retribution against." Commodus for killing his family. That's literally that's and then in the background, the, the political is happening, right? right? Um, and, and what so it does, it see, doesn't sensationalize it, which I think exactly, is, is a really exactly. important thing, you know. And no, you see great characters like Derek Jacoby, mm-hmm. where I, he's one of my favorite actors ever. Um, but he he brings in this like stability, and, and there's a couple of scenes that he's he comes in and they're like, Oh, I didn't know you were for the gladiator, you know, the blood and the guts. He's no, I'm, I'm just a guy for the people. And you have this grounded Senate, mm-hmm. like this, this politics behind it. And I just, I love that aspect of it. My favorite comment from Brandon was, uh, I said, oh, well, I'm at the part where the, the, they're, they're fighting the tie, the tigers. And he goes, Oh, the politics is coming up next. You're really going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry to no, 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 no. What, what I was talking about, or what I was, uh, was going to refer to, is that I like the fact that they bring this guy, they make this character Maximus up because he's not really. There's no such thing as Maximus in Roman history or whatnot. But it doesn't matter because they're using all these types of elements about this story to enhance the story. I mean, it's not the most fictional account of like ancient Rome history and everything like that. I mean, Marcus didn't die from his son; he died of a plague. But it, that doesn't fucking matter. Because they decided to use parts of the history to make this big fucking epic and make it work. They didn't go in and lose itself like, oh, this happened at this time or this happened at this time or whatnot. And I really love that. And normally I usually get on, on a little like, you know, ship in on it. Like, what the fuck? What's going on? Why are you not like actually on sync? But in this movie, in this part, in most of these scenes, it doesn't fucking matter. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like so that. I'm gonna say some negative. I'm gonna say some negative things. Okay, I got one negative too, so I'll throw that Russell in after. Crow, Russell Crowe is not Spanish. And they kept Spaniard. No, no. I, I was. I kept asking Hannah that. Like, off, what's right? going on with Spaniard? Like, oh, wait, what's going on here? Because like, he has dark hair. Having so, that, trying that English accent and, and Prince of Thieves. It well, just it gets, didn't work. It me. gets even worse though. <laughs> I don't think he is at Spanish at all in the movie. Well, though. No, no, his kids. His so kids were like all like. Well, that's, the, that's the thing that's so frustrating. Okay, so he's supposed to be in Spain, yet his his son, when he's talking, is talking Italian. <laughs> and he doesn't look Spanish at all. He looks, I don't he know, Australian. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't. So I'm going to go Australian. ahead and jump on. I'm going I'm to piggyback off of that, Sean, because something that really bothered me is literally he he rides from germania which i think we can go ahead and say is is you know germany or it somewhere is germany. around it is germany okay yeah, yeah. Germany. <laughs> but i'm trying to say germania was kind of a bigger spot i, I know i'm sorry wait i remember that you're the you're the roman scholar so sorry but anyway he rides a fucking horse i'm sorry two horses from germany or germania wherever the fuck that is all the way to spain that's a long ass drive dude did you not that's see his not, hair like he had a mullet at one time and i'm like Wait, what happened to his hair? I mean, it's far. I want to know how far it was, and yet he don't makes get, it. So don't don't get me wrong; it's it's far, but it's. I, I think Jeremiah has a point. It's time lapse; like time has passed. I think it's weeks. weeks I hope so. Of I hope travel. so. Mm-hmm. Then let me see him sleep. But like you can get from. I mean, you've been to England. You've been yeah. to Scotland. Spain mm-hmm. is not that far away. Yeah, I guess the there's truth to that. 
I mean, from Spain, you can get to Africa. You can, I mean, it's there's it's all right there. It's not like the United it's, States. It's, it's just, true. I, I see what that you guys are saying because, like, in ten minutes of the film, like he was a general, but now he's a slave. I mean, it, it went that pretty quick. It, and it and that, I'm sorry, that, that bothered me. Like, did they just pick up people off the side of the road and be like? <laughs> Oh, and you're give a slave them, now. Like, and then give them maggots you. to their arm. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, how would we know that? I mean, that's how a lot of stuff happened back in the day. No, I'm not. It's like taken. He was no, dead. No, no don't go. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to pinpoint like you know little Matt things Smith here. Was dead. It's just like there's gonna be stuff in this movie where that's just like let's get to the point to this area to this scene to this scene to this scene. It's like the writers of Star Wars. I don't know. Palpatine's back. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> he had a granddaughter was, this whole there time. There was one scene. <laughs> There was one scene that I, it kind of bugged me and I looked at it and they were, the Senate was, uh, it was about with the Senate and they were in Rome, right? And they were at, like at a cafe or something. And I was just like, are we in Caesars in Las Vegas? Yeah, is that a glass a cup? They had like a, he was drinking like this, like this green juice. And I was looking at it, I was like, that's a glass cup he's drinking out of, like wh- well, cups. Did glass blowing. Yeah, I was like, this thing looked like it was like you buy this From at IKEA. IKEA? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you buy this thing at IKEA, and Yo. the, the, the furniture <laughs> looks really modern right now. You look like you're. Let, in let, Italy. Let's get back to the film here because you guys are talking about favorite scenes, and I have to say, I, I now I'm like thinking about it. The chariot first battle in the Colosseum was fucking dope. You gotta be, come on! It How cool was that! Intense, it was like seriously, like you know, because you a, a pain, pain, respect to Ben Hur right there. I just that's what I thought when I was watching it. It is, but but also it shows how good of a general he is because he's the one that organized them. Yes. If he didn't get them together, they would have all died, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and what I like about the battle scenes because we really haven't talked about the battle scenes and the gore. And yeah, there is some gore, but actually, it wasn't as much as I remember it being when I watch it. You're, okay, I, 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 feel, I feel the same way. The intensity of the battles escalates, right? And there, I think there's four, right? There's four battles that they show. And in each one, something crazier happens. And finally, by the end, he's got tigers attacking him. Those but are real I, tigers, dude. I know. Those are real fucking tigers. But it, it, it's, it wasn't like like Braveheart. Braveheart is just like blood. The blood is going it's into the camera, you going. know? You yeah. know, this was kind of t- done tastefully. Uh, you know, I know there was like a lot of, you know, beheadings and, you know, people getting saw in half and shit in this movie you know but we've seen worse things than game of thrones you know this was kind of like a pg-13 to other things that have gone further i guess what it's called, i like yeah. i like the it's kind of like the arena football gladiator league i like that it was kind of cool to see <laughs> like oh this is like the the minor leagues before you can go to the coliseum yeah <laughs> yeah see, yeah right and it was and you got to see like that that first fight, there was a guy that was spiky hair that I thought was kind of funny. It was, like, was like, what, did you play? Like, were you the yeah, top player from, like, st- like Stain? I mean, like, what the yeah, fuck, yeah. dude? No, I was just like, is this guy from Sum 41? <laughs> this guy looks like this is Sum 41. <laughs> So, so, then, I was thinking the same and thing, he, and then I asked Hannah, like, "Do they have tribal tattoos back in the day?" Because that was tripping yeah. me out, dude. And he goes right out, and he gets smacked in the face. I was like, "God, that's horrible." But and then the guy's <laughs> pissing himself too. It was this, but I was just like, "This guy has some spikes." I would have pissed myself too, actually. <laughs> so oh, one man. of the things that I, I thought I, I thought this movie did well, and it kind of goes with the battles, is that. I hate when a movie pits like a seasoned general that has literally cut down thousands of people or like in this movie, Russell Crowe fucking 
made his way through a lot of people to get to, you know, the Caesar or to get to Joaquin Phoenix. And then now they're going to do battle. And it's like, okay, well, Joaquin Phoenix is, is going to fight him. It's like, no, he would kick his ass in three and a half seconds. But by wounding him, by mm-hmm. wounding Russell Crowe, you have this like evenly matched battle, yeah. which I thought was really yeah. great. It was like, Really grassroots and graphic. Go ahead, Jerry. So, yeah, you know, talk about fictional accounts of, like, what happened back in the day. Commodus actually was a gladiator emperor, and he would actually fight in the in the Colosseum and everything like that. And he would do that where his, his soldiers would go to the other planet as they were getting ready to get battle and actually stick him in the back or something like that and actually Shank. wound them. <laughs> but he was also a piece of shit, too, because he would get people and, like, dress them up and then kill him in front of people and whatnot, dude. So he would he would fight unfair. See, what he what he messed up though with this, and he, if he would have been smart, he he stabbed him on the left side. He's a righty, bro. Stab him on the right side, dude. I know. Why would he, R- Russell yeah. man had manhandled Joaquin in this right movie, dude. Arm. He doesn't need his left arm. Stab him on the right You're side. Right. He he could have stabbed him both sides, and and, he, and Russell Crowe, I'm sorry, Maximus would have headbutted the shit out of him. That's all. That's what would have happened. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, um, and that, that it was such a visceral fight. I think the, that aspect of this movie is that but they were they were grungy, dirty battles that were it seemed realistic. And I think that if you look at a movie like Troy, which is you know probably ten years later, maybe mm-hmm. maybe more, it was so stylized. Everything was so like fancy and yeah. This, you this could tell it was fake. Right. I thought how Joaquin Phoenix died in the movie was pretty hardcore because there's nothing harder, there's nothing like crazier or nothing just is, is more brutal than getting stabbed in the throat by the person just looking at you by millions of people or like hundreds of thousands of people watching you die. Like the embarrassment yeah. fucking happening that he died in the arena, which he didn't yeah. die in the arena. One by the bad, bad move by the emperor. There. Yeah, Never should have done that. One of my favorite parts of that last battle is when, you know, Commodus loses his sword and he's yelling for a sword and, and you know, some of the soldiers are going to give him the sword and the commander, the general, the other guy. He's like, Dude, that guy should have yeah, got like, fucking, no. that guy should have died. That guy was like, he, fuck, he was like, you know, fucking like against you know, him the whole time. He, he came back at the end and he told them to sheathe their swords. Uh, so that counts. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be on Quintus's side. Quintus was... Uh, loyal to he was allegiant Rome. to the, the, yeah. yeah not to Maximus not but to Rome just and, like how Maximus was too Maximus was allegiance to Rome he said I'm always for Rome for Marcus and Quintus 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 protected Maximus in that circle before Rome like because the the the, the Commodus had said this is a fight between us two not the rest of the people so he was doing that for Rome so I'm gonna say. Of all the people in the movie, he was the one who was like straight. Like, straight Sean's out. hero, right there. I yeah, think, I know, I right? Quintus, I think Quintus, Quintus had a movie. No, I think Quintus had. I think he was going through his own emotions. Like, I mean, you can see, like, fuck, bro, like, what did I do here? And then, like, it finally came out, like, hey, the emperor's like, hey, bro, you're in there now yourself. Like, I, it's fair fight, fair game. Like, you already stabbed him, already like a dick behind closed doors. <laughs> like, you don't need another sword. <laughs> I also love that he stabbed him. Yeah, and yeah he, he had one in his his little thing. So like, why did he need another sword? That was a, that was an envelope cutter. That wasn't even a knife, that dude. Was like a that was, you know what's so funny? That was the same knife that actually cut him. So basically, he that knife killed both Joaquin oh, Phoenix and killed Russell Crowe. And that knife was given and by uh, Maximus Aurelius. You could argue that that that, point, that knife saved Rome. 
<laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly saved Rome. <laughs> you know how Commodus died actually in real life. Well, yeah, they I all died. He died from some like home humiliation. No, like, no, no. Stuff. He actually got strangled in his bathtub by his uh, uh, his uh, spotter fighter or some shit like that. Because he was a megalomaniac, he was crazy. He was crazy, man. Hey, what do you think about Connie Nelson? Because I thought she was really good in this movie. She was great. No, no, yeah. like, no. She, she's not a flash. But here's my thing: is her character wasn't a flashy character, so she doesn't necessarily stand out as much as like Commodus does and Joaquin Phoenix. But she was so grounded in reality, and I think that when one of the best scenes in the whole movie is when she's just sitting at the table and she's just crying her eyes out because she she traded on on Maximus and basically everybody and, and got everything just fucked to, up to save and, her yeah to save, yeah, her. to save her son and and he comes up and he says if she so much as looks at me the wrong way everybody's dead and then you know walking goes into the whole incest thing which by the way back in in you know 100 ad time incest within emperor circles not that weird mm-hmm. um, which is why they were all in fucking saying that's what yeah they, they were yeah he, and, but when she she just she plays that 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 role of just having lost everything so well, but it's so understated. So I think that if anything, I would say that maybe her her role here, she was the most underrated role in this movie. I thought she um, I thought what, she was really good in this movie, man. I, oh, she was actually, great. I really enjoyed her like her roles and everything like that. I mean, she had like this relationship between you know Russell Crowe's character and Connie Nelson's character, you know, because that, that to yeah, me that would have just liked her, yeah. Like I mean, there was obviously something there, and I would have loved to have had them explain that just a little it, bit more. Was it just an infatuation? It, was it an actual love? I mean, no, because it would have actually like brought it would have brought him down regarding to his morals about him being a husband and a father and everything like that. And I'm glad that they actually yeah. go to that part. It looked like they dated because they did hint like back in the day before just. I mean, like, how long has he known the king, right, or emperor? So it, it, I think well, that one time, because he knew he knew Thomas as a boy, you know, mm-hmm. he knew. So it's like he knew these people when they were way younger. But I, I do agree with you, Brandon. I wish they would have talked a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, and it I mean, kind normally, of left a, a little open area. But I do like how they kept it like pure. As said, he was a husband, and he yeah. he was not cheating on and, you know, his wife yeah. and. And normally so, I would say that a, a love relationship between the two of them is, is unneeded, but I feel like it kind of works here because it's not exploited, you know? Well, maybe we might know a little bit more about it in Gladiator 2. It's, and, you know, it's, <laughs> that, it's, that same, it's that same relationship 22 with, years later. with Mel Gibson had with his wife, but then, like, he, the wife died, and then he still had this other relationship with the queen or the princess. I don't know what it was. No, that's Braveheart you're thinking of. Yeah, that's what I'm now. saying. No, oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like that same type of, uh, like... This other romance that hey I'm gonna die this movie for me I'm gonna die but hey you know like I I I do uh, (laughs) find you fancy let's put this way yo Uh, question who would be the best gladiator role in Russell Crowe's character if you made this movie today who would it be if you actually do this movie again yeah what Uh, actor would actually Dylan O'Brien no, they're all bitches. All the male actors coming up are all little skinny bitches. If you, if you, if anybody says any of the Marvel actors, I'm going to be pissed. Chris Hemsworth. I knew you'd say that shit. No, no. You have, you have the Rock, dude. He would be all Scorpion and Keen Allen and shit, dude. Come on, dude. <laughs> he would hey, be all CGI, you, you ask, bro. I mean, like, what, I think. Uh, I do think, you want like some uh, random dude? Yeah, Jason. Mo- uh, Jason. The guy who plays Wolf- No, Jason Momoa is a terrible actor. No, okay, they, they, they're guy. too old. You need to have somebody who's who's. Do you see like, Hawkeye? Late thirties. Jeremy, Jeremy Reiner, or Reiner, Reiner. No, yeah. I hate Jeremy Reiner. Oh, I don't hate Jeremy Reiner, but he's 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 good. He just bothers me. 
I can honestly say that there's not very many. No. Like, like I, I, and I, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying that Russell Crowe is a masculine man. Mm-hmm. There are very few of those left in Hollywood. Like, uh, what's his name from Batman? Uh, Christian Bale. Tom, uh, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy. Edward. Uh, Tom, Edward, Hardy. Edward oh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy would actually. Edward be Tom Hardy could do it. Edward uh, Cullen. I mean Robert Patterson. Colin Patterson. I would say Marky you... Mark. I would say Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he's fifty. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> in like in the perfect storm, he would have been awesome. Bro, Mark Wahlberg is ripped. Don't yeah, talk about is. him like he that. If he's listening to this, sorry, sorry, I, sorry. I, I totally forgot you're a Marky Mark fan. I get it, dude. Bro, if, if he's if he's listening, I'm sorry, Marky Mark. Go ahead and whoop their ass. It's just that good vibration, bro. What do you want me to do? Oh, you went there. Do you, do you guys like the way the 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 sister ends with that quote, like bring Rome back to, even though that was like the fall of Rome? Yeah, it kind of just went <laughs> in and out because I just knew that that didn't happen. Are we are we ending this because Sean has to leave, or what's going on? No, no, no. I just okay. I'm so in that case, time. I was gonna save. I was gonna save my criticism for my score, but I'm just gonna tell you the one thing that pisses me off and it bothers me so much. And yes, it did affect my score is the very end not the very end because juba bearing the, the the little figurines is is beautiful and i cried but right before that when everybody is surrounding maximus's fallen body and freaking gaius says oh god where is it hold on who will help me carry him that was such a fucking hollywood moment oh, such a hollywood moment oh, it was the same it was equivalent to the slow clap at the end of rudy and it ruins it I've never and it seen pissed rudy, me off bro. Stop it. He, he slow clap. He gets a sack. Just saying. There he is. Wait. Well, that was not a slow clap with Rudy. They just said Rudy. There was no slow clap. Rudy. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Rudy. the cool runnings. Cool runnings is a slow clap. Uh, Rudy is Rudy. Don't you say anything about cool runnings. Oh, well, cool runnings is literally. One word. Hey. Jamaica's <laughs> back in. It is. I know. Bright. They're in the bobsled. You know what? It's it's awesome. what's happening, buddy. I feel right. And that brings us to the end of review. Finally, now it's time for the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Eddie, can you provide the scale, please? Yes, I can. Zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a feel-good first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber a lifting home. Four, rough morning walk of shame. Five, blackout, shit-faced, spring break drunk. Gentlemen, let's start with Sean. I'm actually surprised, though, real quick, that, Eddie, you even include zero in the rundown of scores it's in my it's in my uh strip i have to say he's given a movie a zero brandon we've already which one which one did he do i think it was you weren't there perks perks of being a wildflower you guys have to listen to it i don't think that's a freaking you guys have to listen to it somebody has to listen to it that's a zero movie yeah i never did it sorry guys yeah you did all right so you were drunk you weren't even there kind of I'm always drunk. I I went into this movie very apprehensive because I don't like gore. I don't like, uh, uh, generally speaking, big, big, violent movies. What I got from this movie was a very well-paced, we didn't even talk about that, incredibly well-paced story, uh, character-driven with outstanding performances. Russell Crowe was fabulous. Um, uh, Richard Harris, you know, always great. I thought Joaquin Phoenix hit it out the park. I thought he was uh, – there's only three performances that I think Joaquin Phoenix really um, has come out of his skin in, and this was one of them. Joker was one of them, and then there's one other one that I can't think of. Signs. Off the top of my head right now. Yes, swing, that was a great, great swing. Walk the swing line, away. yo. <laughs> uh, walk the line. That's right. He was Johnny Cash. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 
Stuffing anyway, signs. Um, I thought um, I thought the movie the movie did not bore me. It did not with with having so much time in between the action sequences. I was worried that it was going to like fall apart, but it was supported beautifully by a little politics, a little intrigue, a little. This movie it was the complete package. If you're looking for an epic and I, I love an epic. I love the, the concept of an epic and um, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think that it, uh, it, it didn't hit all the notes with the script. I thought some of the lines were forced. I don't, I don't agree that that particular line that you identified Brandon was the worst one, but there was a couple of them that just didn't feel, it didn't feel like they knew what the story was when they were, when they were filming. And part of that I think is my bias because I did read about the movie slightly afterwards. And I can kind of see where the storyline changed with the death of Oliver Reed. It changed slightly throughout the course of the movie. Um, so I'm going to give this movie a one. I think that this is a really, really, really good movie, but I, I don't think that, if I look at like Lawrence of, uh, of Arabia, which I think is, uh, you know, Char- uh, not Charity's Fire, but, um, uh, Ben-Hur and uh, those big sword and sandal movies, I think this is great, but it doesn't quite get there for me. So I give it a one. Eddie. One's a pretty good fucking score. So yeah, no, it's, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Okay. I'll go now. So uh, one of the most almost perfect movies ever made. Um, almost perfect. Uh, but you know, like I agree with Sean, the pacing, uh, the characterization, uh, the the, the develop, development with everyone of the characters, Hans Zimmer's store. It was just like there's so much in this movie that makes it uh breathtaking. I mean, just the scenes, just the scenes of Rome itself with the Colosseum. Uh, talking about ar- arguably, I think it could be one of Russell Crowe's. It could be his best movie. I don't think he did better than this. I think I personally think it's arguably one of his best, better movies. Uh, same with Joaquin Phoenix, arguably. Uh, this, I mean, he he could have matched that with this movie. He went on a little run in his two thousands. Uh, he came back with Joker, but this is one of his better movies. This is one in his holy trinity. Uh, same with uh, Ridley Scott. Uh, arguably, uh, this could be one of Ridley Scott's better movies. This is between Alien and this one. Really, honestly, there's a there's a, there's a fight. I don't know about Blade Runner, Jeremy. I'm just letting you know that's not up there for me. I'll talk about um, it later. <laughs> yeah. But something about this movie has this level of ancient Rome, Greece, and also at the same time, there's this weird uh, level of Shakespeare. And I, I just feel like it's it's a movie that hold, can hold its own in its own category and no one should ever fight that this movie is it's a, it's a solid movie and it, you can easily have... Uh, a half a shot with this, like I'm giving it. What, what's that? I, it's five. A half. What is it? 0.5? A half. Yeah, point five. A half, yeah, a, half a shot. Well, no, half a shot is a point two five. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you have a shot? I meant I meant a, a shot, a, a half a drink. Sorry. Okay. So point five. I keep. I, I <laughs> we do all these points now, and it gets me really confused. It's a half a drink. Sorry. <laughs> I'll take Brandon, it down, then, Jerry. You no, can, Brandon, I'll you take it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, okay. I don't want. I don't want to close okay. this one out. No, no, that's fine. I think, hands down, Gladiator, it feels one of the most important blockbusters of the early 21st century. And when I say that is that I feel like it's a classic in in its own genre at that time. I mean, I think it paved the way for a lot of films that came out around the 2000s, like Kingdom of Heaven, 300, even Attack of the Clones, 
that scene when the Jedi's are facing in the Coliseum, that was inspired from Gladiator, from what I read, which it makes perfectly sense to me. I think the cast was on another level in this movie. I think Russell Crowe is a badass. Really? <laughs> Do you remember? No, he's right. He's absolutely right. Thank you. You're yeah. absolutely right. Thank you. Yeah. Keep going. But Gladiator <laughs> is so much better. Well, don't just, get me wrong. Don't wrong. It was, George Lucas didn't direct it. George Lucas directed it. This, this is what I'm saying. It was inspired that Coliseum because of Gladiator. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. I would have loved to see a cherry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jeremiah, but I would have loved to see a cherry with a little lightsaber. <laughs> Badass. Badass. <laughs> and the Gungans just like, Le- I'm just, just saying if it was in the different hands of really Scott, it would have been totally different. I'm just saying. I okay. agree. I agree. So what I was trying to say is the cast is on another level, right? Russell Crowe is hands down badass in this movie. He is fucking the guy that you want to be, man. I mean, he is the leading actor, and I wish there were some more movies of him that gets that chance for him to actually shine once more. I'm just saying, yo. The visuals from Ridley Scott is just shows why he's probably one of the most underrated directors of our time. Uh, Eddie says, you know, he's all about Alien, which I agree with him, but you know what? Blade Runner, I think this movie is with Blade Runner, and, I, and that speaks a lot of volume for me. Movies. This movie is above Blade Runner, bro. Easy there, yeah. buddy. The only problem I have is, I agree with Sean, the script, it just felt a little thin at certain times, um, especially at the first part of the film. But once it got to the second part of the film, it was just epic. It's everything that you want in an epic film. And I recommend you guys to see it when you get a chance. And now I'm on the hunt to go find this Hans Zimmer Gladiator on vinyl because it's probably one of the best scores I just want to have in my collection. So it's a real good treat. Uh, It's not a perfect movie. But you know what, shit, man, it's a feel-good first cocktail with a little chaser. So this is a, a 1.35 for me, guys. A 1.35? See, this is why I get confused with my own score now. <laughs> well, I'm going to fuck you guys up. 1.35? Okay, so, wait, 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 you guys are going to mad at me? I mean, pretty no, no, sure no, the other episode... No, it's a great I'm, score. Like, I'm going Brandon off went, of the, Yeah, this is a, a, a point one two. <laughs> I mean... I didn't go there. Is that we what did, I gave for Spider-Man? Did I was point, trying to remember what I did. We did the .95. Oh, the point nine five last. Brandon always pulls out of his ass some weird Jeremy, thing. you did a point nine five last time. Don't get mad. Dude, I never did a point one two. I've got, I've got exactly did a one five. Exactly Go, Brandon. In case uh, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast before, I'm not 100% sure if I did. Um, my goal, since basically when I was, I was about a I don't know, senior in high school, was that I wanted to make movies. Right? I wanted to be a filmmaker. I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted to be a filmmaker. And it's not until recently that I kind of started looking back at what was going on at that time in my life. What was I seeing? What was what was inspiring me to like want to be a filmmaker? And there's a list of different movies that happened, and none of them are Star Wars episodes one, two, or three. But Gladiator is one of those those movies. Gladiator, Braveheart. I went through a, a major like if it had a sword in it, I was in love with it. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I still First enjoy night. you know. Oh God, First Night's such a great movie. <laughs> You got pirate. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Anyway, um, this movie, it made me want to to be a film writer because it, it had that one scene. And I, I, I will stand by that unless I see something better, which I don't think I will. I'll stand by that as my favorite scene in, in film history. Um, just the way it was written, the way it was presented. And not only that, but the movie, it takes a normal story of revenge. Right. And who cares when it's set? But what it does is it humanizes these characters so that you, you don't just root for them, but you you 
relate to them. And I think that's something that is missing in so much of, of storytelling, whether it be novel writing or filmmaking or even songwriting, that we have these characters that are, are, are they're fallible, they're, they're problematic, but at the same time, they're also so good. And I think that we see that with that relationship between Juba and, and Maximus, that you can find goodness in even the most horrible of situations and i think that that's that's a, a breath of fresh air even though this is a really violent movie even though um you know this is a really kind of po- political movie in a lot of ways because it's looking at the senate versus you know the, the emperor and and um it's got so many different levels but what it does is you're right it, it is clunky at times they didn't have an idea at times you can tell where they were going with it they had a general direction but what this movie shows is that you know maybe it works out for the best because maybe that's kind of more mimicking of what real life is. We don't really know where it's going until we get there. Um, and the finished product, when he buries those, those figurines and then it has that pullback shot uh, of, of over the Coliseum towards the new day. Um, I mean, that's just a movie. That's a, that's a scene where you just, you finish the movie and you just literally sit there and watch the credits. And you just go, fuck what I, I just experienced right. something. Yeah. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it is near perfect movie. I, there are a couple things that frustrate me. Um, that one line does frustrate me. The, the, the four second ride to Spain frustrates me. So here's what I'm going to give. I'm going to give a, a half a shot that I got gypped on. So I'm not going to complain to the bartender. I'm just going to enjoy my, my point two, and I'm just going to just down it. And, um, point two five? No, no, point two. It's point two. No, that's not a half a no, shot. No, no, no I said I got a, I got a half a shot that I got gypped on. So it's a point two. Oh, half a shot. <laughs> it's a point two. It's a point two. It's a half a shot okay, that so I got gypped on. Point two. So you guys get mad at me I'm when ready. I say something like that, and it's funny. He goes point two, and you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, I think no. we're – he was in shock. <laughs> point two, baby. Yes. Okay, so Eddie, when we add up all four scores and divide by four, what is glad he okay. gave us a rating? Uh, my math and Brandon's math is correct with all these <laughs> decimals. Um, it's point seven six two five. Point seven six two five. And Jeremiah, where does that point put us seven, on six, the two, list five. of movies oh, freak. Are you kidding me? It didn't beat that one? Yep, it looks like it's in between Home Alone, which is a point <sighs> seven five, and Better Than Shining. The Shining, which How is a the zero fuck point is eight Home Alone one. better? Because Home Alone's great, dude. Home Alone is great, but guess what? Gladiator is better than Home Alone. I think it's in the top. It's in the top ten, buddy. Enjoy it. Uh, it, de- it depends. The it season. knocks Breakfast Club out of the top ten. It sure did. It sure Sean, did. Are you okay with that? Oh, I know. No. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Another John Hughes. I'm not gonna lie. This 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 movie definitely deserves to be at the top of the list. It's it's a great movie, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, You're it's okay great. with that. You're okay with that, Sean. <laughs> Well, Brandon, yeah, I mean, Brandon, Breakfast Club's also a great yeah, movie. I mean, they're all good. Think about this, yeah. Just think yeah. about this. This is a better score than his other movie that we ra- uh, rated this year, or last year or the season was Alien. Hey, you know, uh, it's there. Listeners out there, I want I want to know. Do you want us to rate uh, or watch it and talk about movies that we don't like, or do we do you want to listen to us just like rave about movies? I feel like we we just like too many movies. We need to watch more Point I Breaks. I think this season we've seriously <laughs> picked. A lot of our favorites. We picked just movies, yeah, didn't we? bro. Yeah, like yeah. blocks. One of the things is has to be a blocks, uh, block, uh, Buster. blockbuster, and it's just like I, I it's was be a Hollywood Planet. Saying, yeah, Hollywood Planet blockbuster. But it's like, well, if it's a blockbuster, then it's an epic movie. So, like, no, we need to start like, like doing like 2012 or some shit like that. Or Big Fish. All right, if you enjoyed our review, a fan of the podcast, we ask you please subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a five star review on iTunes. We cannot ask you 
more emphatically to write a physical review on iTunes. Very important. Please give us that five stars. Also leave us a five star rating on uh, Spotify. They just have this new rating thing that's happening on Spotify now. So just go there. Everyone's all Spotify out. Just put a five star into our podcast, Three and a Half Gentlemen. And there you go. I do you can also find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. The dot means a lot. You can visit our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com or if you want to reach out to us, we're happy to receive your emails at hosts at thegentlemanpodcast.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys about what movies you want us to review. Uh, we'll take always audience suggestions. Uh, oh, wait, Jeremiah has one more thing. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So our next episode, actually, um, it's kind of been in the coming for a little while. So we're going to be doing a Quentin Tarantino film. You're just going to have to listen to the next episode yeah, to see which pick. one is going to be for our group pick. There you go. There it is. And that's going to finish out our 2000s, right? Yep. Yes. And then we're into the 2010s. And then it's going to be James Bond. And then we're doing a um, James Bond movie. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. Really good one. How we enjoyed that? How are we doing? Cheers when we're not. We're all on Zoom. We just did that. You literally just made a great sound. I know. I know. All right. So.